This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 145. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On bonus episode 145 we take a look at what was a phenomenal weekend in Glasgow. Yeah that's right we're going to be talking about Fright Fest Glasgow 2019. I was there on Thursday night, Friday all day and on Saturday all day as well. There was 12 films shown in total, and yeah, we're going to be covering them, as well as giving you the skivvy on what happened on the Thursday night. Oh dear God almighty, is there a podcast story which will go down in infamy on that one? A classic teapots moment for you all out there. If you were following me on Facebook, um then you'll know, you'll know kind of some of the details, but we're going to go into a bit more of that when we get to that particular part of the show, which is after our first break. But before we get to that, let's kick this off in style This is a brand new week for Podcasts Under the Stairs. At the moment, there is five planned episodes. I know what you're thinking, that seems like a lot, Duncan. It is a lot, folks. Um, so realistically, let's say there'll be four out there, and if we can sneak an extra, an extra one in there, then we'll sneak it in. Uh, depending on whether or not the screener that I have uh, is still active, then uh, we're going to try a little Saturday review of sorts. A little Saturday, you know, you know what I'm saying? We Saturday review. Anyway, we're kicking it off here, doing our Fright Fest review on Wednesday. We'll drop a special bonus episode looking at Hole in the Ground, um, the brand new horror film which made its way to the UK on Friday. So yeah, just a couple of days ago, while I was at Fright Fest, that fucking movie dropped. So I'm going to go out and check that one and report back to you on Wednesday about what I thought of that movie. Then on Thursday, we're kicking off Movie Club, ladies and gents. Then on Saturday, you'll get another special bonus review. Like I say, if my screener still works, then you'll get that review then. If it doesn't, I will find probably something to replace it with. So we're going to keep that one as a vacated title at the moment. And then on Sunday, we continue our look at the 88 Films Italian Collection series. So tons of shit coming up, ladies and gents. Right, the format of what we're going to be doing after the first break will be really, really simple. You are going to hear the trailer for the movie. And then you're going to hear me talk about it. I'm going to talk about each of them in a non-spoiler fashion. So there's going to be no kind of need to watch out for time codes, etc. However, I will say this. Most of these films are not going to be out until much later on in the year. So if you want to go in 100% cold on these movies, then don't listen to me. I will guarantee that I will not spoil details in the movie. I will, however, review the movie, i.e. what did I think about the story, what did I think about the casting, did it do anything surprising, did it do anything tedious, that sort of idea, and I will assign it a grade. 
there is a good chance that when these movies get formal release later in the year or I get a screener for them later in the year I might bring back on Scott and Liam like we did with Pie Wacket and we might sit down and go a bit more in depth but at the moment um, unless I get a, you know, a proper release of it later on in the year it will be mini reviews so the reviews about five minutes each and we're going to catalogue through them all so that's the lineup. Uh, this won't be a longer episode, but most of it's going to be trailers, so yay! Uh, so what we're going to do just now is we're going to take a very short break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear a little bit of music. When we return, it's time to discuss Glasgow Fright Fest 2019. All that and more coming up right after this. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, tune in, and on your Android device. Which versus the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break!
welcome back. So let's kick this off. So um, yeah, <laughs> uh, what we'll do is we will play the trailer for this first movie. So Fright Fest opened on the Thursday night, as is uh, as is the way they usually kick off with a big title. Last year, which was my first year going, they kicked off with a movie called The Lodgers. Uh, which is on Netflix. In fact, both these movies are on Netflix now. Another one was Ghost Stories. Uh, Ghost Stories being the big release. There's a, a big push behind that one. It was going to get a big cinematic run afterwards, uh, in the UK particularly, and this was your opportunity to catch it well ahead of that at Brightfest. So everyone was very excited, and then the snow came, and as a result, I got to see neither one of those movies and almost missed the festival altogether. But but I did make it on the Friday. So this year, um, it's also worth saying as well, Fright Fest in the UK is sponsored by the Horror Channel as well as uh, Arrow. Arrow being the main sponsor. So in fact, I think Arrow may have taken over full sponsorship this year. Uh, I might be wrong about that. And if I am, I do apologise. Uh, I know, like I say, the Horror Channel was involved in the past, but Arrow were sponsoring this pretty big time. They had two titles which were playing during the festival. The first one was the one that opened it, which was Lord of Chaos and we're about to hear the trailer for that movie um, but you're not going to hear a review <laughs> so uh, you're going to hear the trailer then you're going to hear what happened to me and then we'll get into more detail but they also had a movie called The Dead Centre which played on the Friday which they have bought the rights to and are distributing um, so I'll be able to talk a little bit more about that later on when we cover Friday's content but yeah before we before we go any further listen to the trailer for Lords of Chaos not a horror movie ladies and gents I will stress that um, not a horror movie but um, certainly one that has some pretty grim and horrific events uh, so yeah here's a trailer for Lords of Chaos here I am an average teenager you may think but you couldn't be more wrong I am the founder of Mayhem the most infamous black metal band in the world we are Lords of Chaos you guys suck Life was easy back then. It was all about having fun, drinking beer, playing hard and loud music. And then everything changed. Vard, the lone wolf. I hereby appoint you bass player of mayhem. We have to take this to the next level. Now you said it yourself. We should burn them all down. If you do this, we're f He did it. A terror has swept across Norway. The police have described the murder as extremely violent. Either you do it for the cause and you take action, or you do it because you want attention. You can't have it both ways. The suspect, known as the Count, has You pretend to be my friend so you can hit me off guard? Why do you care about him so much? I thought you were true Norwegian black metal. I invented it. And now you betray it. No! You had this dream, this vision. You were in control. You were a leader. Still be all of those things if you wanted to. Everyone around you are disgusting little incense. Let's go! Yeah! Oh, God. 
Pull the trigger! Hi, Pellet's dad. We're going to the summer house and we would love it if you come. So yeah, you've just listened to the trailer of uh, Lords of Chaos. So based on the book Lords of Chaos, uh, which documents the kind of rise um, of the Norwegian black metal scene set against the <laughs> church burnings, uh, suicide and murder that came along with that. Um, it's a story I was kind of familiar with um, in that I read the book Lords of Chaos that it's based on um, and whilst not the biggest black metal fan in the world, I'll be honest, uh, I dabble my toe in every now and again. I am more fond of the better produced black metal which may sound oxymoronic to some hardcore black metal listeners out there but yeah and I like things that, that have a, 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 a little pinch. You know, you know, dabbles influences and styles into other genres. So I like it when it's mixed over you know, post black metal, etc. I, I kind of dig that sort of shit. It's in my wheelhouse. Um, I have listened to bands like Mayhem before, and obviously know very much who Var Vickerness is and stuff. So it was kind of documenting that. So it was one that I was really looking forward to. Um, it was one that's been in in my kind of hemisphere of knowledge for a while now. Arrow Video acquired it over a year ago, and we were hearing at the event that basically that it's taken them well over a year to finally get to the point where they could actually put this showing on ahead of its kind of formal release. Now, when I say formal release, I don't know how widely available this is going to be in the UK. I know it is streaming, I think, in America, and it has been out in cinemas in America. I just don't know what the backlash is going to be like over here. Um, and they got some pretty great press, if if I'm honest. So, uh, yeah, so let's get into what happened, basically. So, uh, during the event, uh, during the actual movie, had to nip out really quick, uh, out of the cinema, we could call, um, and then when I came back in, I opened the door, and there was a security guard standing right at the bottom of the stairs, um, and there was like, not, when I say the words panic, it wasn't panic, um, but the guy basically told me I couldn't come back into the cinema, I could hear people shouting medic, medic, and I tried to go back up the stairs again and the, the security guard was like, no, you can't get in here. And my brain started doing like overdrive, started doing mental exercises I just wasn't ready for. And I started to get a little bit panicky because I had got up, I had walked out. I was actually kind of pissed at myself because at the moment that I'd got up to, to go make the call, it was just about the time that um, an infamous scene in the movie was about to happen, um, and I wanted to hurry back because I know how that I know how that finishes. <laughs> if you know what I mean, as morbid as it sounds, I actually know how that bit finishes. Now I kind of want to be abstract here because I'm very much aware the movie's about to drop. So um, it was about half an hour, maybe f- thirty-five minutes into the movie, and I'd been out for all of what maybe a minute, m- maybe a minute and a half. Um, and as I was walking back and like I said, I, I couldn't get in and people were shouting medic, um, which thoroughly confused me and I eventually managed to get up the stairs but couldn't get, or I got up the stairs to where I could see the cinema but I couldn't get up to where I was sitting which was up beside the Scott and Liam guys, my my, uh, my bud Dave was there as well and I, I could see them and I'd been texting them saying what the fuck's going on and like we don't know we don't know and it looked like there was a guy on the ground and there was quite a few people attending to him and I thought well, my brain 
my brain at the best of times is volatile. The reason it's volatile is I don't sleep very well and as a result, it's why I'm so productive in podcasting. Um, I don't sleep a lot, my brain's always thinking, it's always coming up with ideas, but it has a tendency at times to conflate things that are out with my control. So if I don't know facts or don't know details, I, I tend to, and it's a bad thing, but I tend to expect the worst. So whilst I was couldn't get up the stairs, I was thinking things that didn't make sense. In hindsight, they seem pretty stupid. And we've all had a laugh about it since. But I thought, has there been like a, a shooting or something in the cinema? Um, you know, has this guy had a heart attack? Has someone died watching Lords of Chaos? What the fuck is going on? Because there'd been a mild warning at the start. Some of the scenes in this movie, in particular two scenes, um, are pretty graphic. So it took about five minutes to sort that out, found that the guy had, a guy who was watching the movie had basically had a fit, a seizure, um, had thrown up and I think almost choked on his own vomit. Um, and so there was kind of panic about that. They switched the movie off, the lights came back on, they said they were going to take a 10 minute recess and then we get back down to it. And I, when I went back to my seat, my nerves were shot. I mean like completely shot, my leg wouldn't stop shaking, um, I got, anyone that's ever had like a, a an adrenaline rush, you get that post-adrenaline rush where your body just like dumps everything, um, not in the way that the word dump usually is used, but it dumps everything and I was kind of sitting there in this cold sweat, not feeling great, so what you do is you, sugar is what helps that, so I was like, I've got a couple of minutes here, Went to go to the bar, the bar was closed, fucking ran to the nearest supermarket, got myself some sweets, some sugary juice, it's like, cool, I've been, I've, I've been tattooed before many, many times, people out there know that I have about 30 odd tattoos, so I know what happens when you get that post-adrenaline dump, you need sugar in your system, so grab some of them, um, was panicking outside, like, phoned my, my home to make sure my daughter was alright, like, just my brain was fried, um, got back into the cinema, movie had started back up, uh, we were maybe about just after the, the attending event um, and sat down and the movie had kind of resumed a, a kind of jovial tone um, and my leg would not stop shaking, it started getting really bad actually um, to the point that I walked out of the, the movie. Um, I can say hand on heart, I have never walked out of a movie in my entire life. This is the first time this has ever happened to me that I've physically had to walk out of a movie. Um, and yeah, my, my, my friends Scott and Liam and Dave sat and watched the rest of the movie. Um, and it's great. I, I, what they've told me is it's a brilliant movie and it's out the end of March and I can't wait to check it out and I'll be buying it when I release it. And yeah, I need to I need to see the movie. It's, it's something I'm very interested in. And from what they were describing, there's nothing in... I suppose if you're not used to seeing... Like I remember when I saw Raw in the cinema and um, it was a half-packed cinema in Glasgow and two ladies walked out of the screening during that um, one of them walked out because she was going to throw up and the other one walked out after she'd thrown up. So, you know, I, I have seen screenings before that have had that sort of effect, but I obviously don't know what had happened to this guy. And funnily enough, when I was sitting in the lobby area waiting on the movie finishing, I could hear him talking and he sounded fine. Um, and it was just the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. I've, I've never... I've never had that sort of experience. It kind of felt like a mini anxiety attack is the only way I can describe it. And speaking to 
some other people that have told me what a panic attack or an anxiety attack has felt to them. It certainly sounds like it was those symptoms, but I'm not a medical professional. I would never claim that's what I had. Um, but that's what it sounds like. So, um, yeah, you're, I want to review Lords of Chaos because it was part of Fright Fest. I'm also aware it's not really a horror movie, so it doesn't really qualify it here, but it is my show after all. So it is out at the end of the month. Um, so my intentions are to go and see the movie at the end of the month and then return with a review here. What I would say is Scott and Liam did see the movie and they will be reviewing the movie as part of their Fright Fest coverage. So keep an eye on their page. I mean, they, both of them spoke very highly of the movie, uh, which has made me excited because I, I genuinely want it to be a great movie and I want to see it. Um, so check their show out go across I'm always promoting their show anyway and because it's fucking awesome uh, but it's just one more reason to go and check out the coverage from Scott and Liam um, yeah so that was Lords of Chaos no grade because I didn't see it so hopefully at the end of the month we can sit back down and have a discussion about it but yeah sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction um, it is the weirdest cinema experience ever and when we were sitting back in the car going back it was me and Dave that were driving back and um, yeah, Dave had told me, even Dave, who's a guy who is like, I know Dave doesn't listen to this, but is a guy who is Mr. Cool. He's like, I joke about him like the, the ice man because he has nothing phases this guy at all. Um, and he was saying he was, the movie was, wasn't, wasn't a pleasant watch for him. He loved it, but it wasn't a pleasant watch for him. But the experience in the cinema, just the lights going out, everything that had happened and all the rest, it unnerved him uh, and I think that sometimes happens um, in cinema screenings that I've, like I say I've seen people pass out before I've seen people throw up in cinemas before I've never seen a movie stopped um, out with a technical fault I've never seen a movie stopped before uh, so it was it was kind of surreal if you are Arrow Video you're leaning into that hardcore that is the best marketing you can ask for a movie that you know we had to stop because of a violent reaction from the audience and quite a few people walked out during the show and so um, maybe not an easy movie to sit through uh, for, for people that are not used to gore. Gore does nothing for me at all so um, I, I can't wait to sit by down and watch it but yeah that's that's how it started so I, I kind of felt to myself like can I not just have a normal Fright Fest experience? Does the Thursday always need to be marred with something? Uh, we won't know until next year what, what comes to us or what Voodoo Doll has been fucking stabbed uh, to, to to give me the, the the experience that I got in there but yeah that's that's my coverage of that so that was the that was the Thursday um, and then we swung into the Friday so uh, let's get ready to kick off a trailer so you guys can um, you guys can partake of what I partook uh, the first movie on the Friday was level 16 you're going to hear the trailer for that and we're going to discuss that movie right after this Good morning, girls. Good, good morning, morning Mr. Axel. I have good news. As of today, you have completed level 15. A clean girl embraces oh, me. Yes. Level 16 will be your final year at Vistalis. I bet you'll get a great family who will love you. A clean girl embodies sweetness. It's our responsibility to report on clean behavior. A clean girl is always fit and temperate. If you tell anyone that I'm unclean. A clean girl. 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 
Level 16 is not like the other levels. And welcome back. So you just heard the trailer for the first movie um, from the Friday. Uh, I had a bit of lunchtime. It was level 16. So this is uh, the official opener for the, the, the people that buy kind of season passes. Um, level 16 is a sci-fi movie. I mean, it, it kind of has horror aspirations, but certainly is not a horror movie at all. Fright Fest tends to be open to, like a lot of movie festivals actually, that kind of cover horror are not exclusively horror. They they tend to be quite kind of fluid with their genre. Um, but yeah, so Level 16, uh, written and directed by Daniska Esterhazy, I think that's how you pronounce it, probably is not. Um, the movie starred Katie Douglas, Selena Martin, Sarah Koenig, Peter Utenbridge, uh, Amelia Williamson and Kate Vickery. There are other people in the movie but we're not going to go into that. Um, I will say that the synopsis is listed on IMDb as 16 year old Vivian is trapped in the Vestilis Academy, a prison like boarding school keeping herself and, and keeping to herself and sticking her neck out for no one until she's reunited with Sophia, the former friend who betrayed her. Together the girls embark on a dangerous search to uncover the horrifying truth behind their imprisonment. Soon running for their lives, the girls must save themselves or die trying. Um, so yeah, this was open the movie and it, this was the one that if anyone listened to my kind of uh, pre-Fright Fest recording, this was one of the ones I wasn't really looking forward to. I knew roughly what the premise of the movie was. I had actually already seen the trailer for this one and I was I was of the opinion that we have seen a lot of movies that kind of cover this kind of idea of... Um, Kind of like the Handmaiden's Tale, you know what I mean? That that TV show that I've still watched, but I know very much everything about it just from how people have talked. This idea of women being subservient and conditioned by men to be dutiful and I I understand that, and in the kind of post Me Too movement, or we're in Me Too, so it's not post Me Too. Um, these things are becoming quite prominent storytelling and rightly so but there is a bit of fatigue that comes in with that unless you're doing something whole unique and from what I gathered before watching the movie it didn't look like that was the case and to be honest it wasn't this movie felt very 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 long um, I think it's about just shy of two hours which I think they could have comfortably chopped half an hour out of um, the acting was good though special effects good um, the, the actual score on it, the soundtrack, wasn't actually all that great, if I'm honest. They used a mixture of kind of old-timey music and there was some digital kind of sims in there as well, which it wasn't off-putting, it just wasn't really remarkable. Um, Considering it's kind of shot in one location anyway, uh, they've obviously used the budget wisely in that one, but I always felt like I was one step ahead of the movie uh, when the kind of reveal and the movie happened, I whilst I wasn't on the nose, I wasn't a kick in the arse off it, so I kind of felt like I was... There's nothing worse than watching a mystery and knowing kind of what the answer is, but still having to spend the time with the, with the people that might not know it for a couple hours till everyone knows it, if you know what I mean. And that's what I felt about this movie. It didn't do anything offensive at all, and it wasn't bad in any way, shape or form. His biggest crime was the tedium that I had to endure while watching it, which is, like I say, is maybe more on me than is the movie itself. Um, I, I, yeah, I just wasn't the biggest fan of Level 16 at all. I just kind of felt like 
it had aspirations of going places it didn't go. Um, now, before that movie, there had been a short called Proxy, which I also didn't really like. And I kind of felt a bit upset about that one because it was like a Scottish one. In fact, most of the shorts were Scottish. Uh, out with one that we will talk about later on, which was kind of fucking amazing. But Proxy just kind of felt a bit flat for me as well. It never really delivered on things. It was another thing that I kind of knew where the ending of that was going. And then rolling at uh, level 16, I just kind of felt like I was always one step ahead of everything I was seeing. Um, and not in a way which made me feel smug, it just kind of made me feel a little bit despondent. So I don't know how um, other people felt with it and uh, I'll be interested to see how well the movie does kind of post-festival run when it gets proper releases. I think this one's been released through Signature maybe. So it should be available this year in the UK in some facet, but yeah, it just didn't really work for me. Um, my grade overall for it, and in hindsight, maybe I was a bit too critical with this one, but I'm going to stick with it anyway, because I kind of feel that's where my heart lies. I gave it a 2.5 out of 5, um, so somewhere between um, liked it and didn't really, liked, uh, didn't really like it, it's somewhere in there. Um... Hopefully there were people at the festival that really dug it. Anyone I spoke to kind of felt the same as me, but I obviously speak to only a niche group, and that niche group tends to have similar views on movies to the way I have views on movies, so I don't know. But level 16 was not uh, for me, I'm afraid. So yeah, that one, uh, that one is the first one which, like I say, kind of kicked off and uh Maybe we could have had something better. I don't know. I don't know. Right. So let's move on to our next movie review. Um, so in between that, we had a short called uh, Decor, which was actually kind of funny. It's a Scottish one as well. Um, obviously, I won't grade the shorts, but it's worth checking out if you can find it. Decor, short horror film, Scottish. Very, very funny. Uh, but then we moved into Arrow Video's title, uh, which was The Dead Centre, um, which, uh, yeah, you're going to hear the trailer for. And when we come back, we're going to discuss it right after this. Do you know where you are? Yes. I'm in a hospital. Do you know how you came to be here? I died. When I came back, it wasn't the first time. I can't kill it. I thought I could. Cutting, cutting. What is it that's inside of you? So you just heard the trailer for The Dead Centre. Like I said, it's been picked up by Arrow, so um, we'll be getting a release, I would imagine, sometime this year. Um, they were actually a bit iffy on details in that one. I thought it would have got the same kind of push. Uh, in terms of talking, but they're handling distribution for it. It's directed by Billy Sinese, um, who was a really nice guy. He was there doing a QA, he's from Nashville, and uh, the movie stars uh, Shane Carruth, uh, Pur Purna Yagnathan, uh, Jeremy Childs, Belle Fihi, 
uh, and there are some other folks but we're going to kind of skip over that I don't want to spend too much time on these because we've got a lot of movies to discuss the synopsis for this one is a hospital psychiatrist own sanity is pushed to the edge when a frightened amnesiac patient insists that he has died and brought something terrible back from the other side um, that is an alright synopsis, kind of, slightly misleading, but we'll get into it. Um, so yeah, The Dead Center, I really dug this movie. I dug this movie quite a bit. This one ticked a lot of them Duncan boxes that we talk about on here. Very distinct visual style, lovely tracking shots throughout it, like beautiful tracking shots throughout it. A eerie score, which I think... I felt worked wonderfully with the movie. Really strong performances as well. What's been interesting, and we spoke about this, and I dare say once again, not that I'm relentless and wanting to plug Scott and Liam versus Evil, but um, anyone that knows Scott knows what he does for a living, and he's got a particular background in speaking about kind of psychiatric care and mental health. And I used to just take it as a a thing in movies that you know Hollywood will glamorise or lie about things but that's kind of cool and I've had a couple of conversations with it and I'm more aware that I want to know how realistic these things are uh, in movies I, I like to pick his brain to ask him about certain things after the fact just to see what his opinion is as someone who's an industry professional um, and he said that this movie had handled it very well which made me kind of feel good about that because the director was kind of talking in such a way that he'd spent a bit of time you know researching this and sometimes directors say things like that and it's not true uh, but it seems like it definitely was it is a very I was going to say slow pace it's not a slow burn per se I mean the movie itself is about an hour and a half long but it has a slower pacing to the way it tells the story but I thought that it delivered kind of a really interesting double threat mystery there's kind of two stories going on in the movie that I really enjoyed that kind of come together in a satisfying way um, it was it was a very strong movie and I thought he was a, an incredibly interesting director when he was talking about his influence he mentioned the kind of the uh, kind of tense thrillers of the 70s, mentioned movies like The Conversation, which is a movie I fucking love, um, and along those lines has been influences, and I could see where he was coming from that to an extent uh, in, in terms of the aesthetic and the delivery of the, the mystery and the, the way it unfolded. Um, yeah, I, I really, really liked this movie. It's one that I, I can't wait to watch again. It's one that I'll be recommending quite heavily when it does find its way to Blu-ray or DVD or wherever that may happen. Um, and my score for it was a 4. I gave this one a 4 out of 5. I really liked it. It was the kind of first one where I was like, and here we go, Fright Fest, you know, my attention. Let's continue this journey post-haste. So yeah, The Dead Center, great little movie. Um, recommend it very strongly. And uh, I can't wait for you all to see it because, like I say, this is one I will be promoting quite a bit. So the movie that came after that uh, was a British horror comedy. We were seeing the world premiere. I think we were one of the first audiences to see it out with the cast and crew. Um, this one is Here Comes Hell. And you're going to listen to the trailer right now. It was an evening of revelry and conviviality. How do you do? Ah, what's this? Jealousy? No matter, the table is laid, the wine is poured. Romance has blossomed. We are to be married. It's shaping up to be a rather good evening. Until... 
Spirits, commune with us and move amongst us. We bring you gifts from life into death. Don't break the circle! I've found birthplace desires and destruction. Here's to a weekend in the country. Cheers. Coming soon. And you've just heard the trailer for Here Comes Hell. This is a horror comedy from the UK, uh, debuted at Fright Fest, and it's directed and co-written by Jack McHenry, and the other co-writer is Alice Sedgwick. Um, the cast, uh, pretty condensed, nice little cast here of Margaret Clooney, Robert Llewellyn, and Nicholas Lee Provost, Jasper Britton, Maureen Bennett, Timothy Renouf, Tom Bailey, Jessica Webber, Charlie Robb and Alfred Bradley. Um, The synopsis for this one is a 1930s dinner party descends into carnage, gore and demonic possession and here comes hell, a genre clashing horror comedy. Um, Yeah, so this one was really good as well actually, surprisingly good. Um, I was, once again in my kind of pre-Fright Fest episode I talked about what Fright Fest themselves had said and they were like it's like Agatha Christie meets Lucio Fulci and it's like neither actually if I'm honest I think um, it's unfair to pigeonhole either one of them what it felt like was a really clever screen kind of stage play which kind of poked fun at the old kind of the old um, mysteries the old mystery movies back in the day in London um and that was a terrible accent, Duncan. Don't ever do that. Not to Duncan. Never do that again. Um, so yeah, the kind of old, old-timey... I can understand Agatha Christie era, but it's not an Agatha Christie movie. Um, sort of mysteries. But instead of saying Lucio Fulci, I would have said Sam Raimi, because this has got Evil Dead written all over it. I mean, it, it, that's exactly what it is. It's kind of retrofitted black and white. So um, I would imagine it's just a digital effect that they've used. So I'm not shot in black and white. Been retrofitted that way. Um, some of the accents are a bit dodgy on the characters and don't hold up, but the humour certainly does. And I found myself laughing throughout this movie and enjoying it. It, it was it was a fun little exercise in in doing something a little bit different with a genre that we've seen done many 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 times. Um, I felt uh, that. Like I say, some of the performances, there's a character that puts on an American accent, which is a terrible American accent. Um, and some of the other ones where it's a bit too... Like the sort of stage plays you would see where someone's trying to put on a bit of aristocracy but doesn't necessarily have the the chops to pull it off. Uh, like certain words being pr- uh, pronounced in ways that don't quite fit the, the character themselves. But the, the practical effects that they did use were great. There's a couple of CGI effects which were not great and I, I kind of penalised the movie on that one in that they'd spent so much time doing so much practical that I didn't feel the payoff of what you got from the CGI effect really added anything to the movie at all. Um, it gave you some characters you liked, it gave you some characters you disliked and it gave a, a particular scene with, a, with one character something pretty nasty done to them who continually appears later on in the movie in a way which I kind of dug, so yeah. Uh, like I say, less Lucio Fulci, less Agatha Christie, more Agatha Christie era style 
and definitely more owing to the Evil Dead than something like the Beyond. Um, and that's what you get with Here Comes Hell. I gave it a three, right in the middle, like that movie. Um, maybe with a second watch, it might make its way up to a 3.5. But as it stands just now, it's a three. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's going to get some sort of limited release, and people should check it out when it comes out, if anything I have described has piqued your interest. So that was Here Comes Hell. And that was us at the midway point of the day. We returned to check out movie number four, the penultimate movie on the Friday, which was Black Sword a movie I was really looking forward to it's a Swedish horror film it also doesn't really have anything out there like poster art or even a trailer so we'll probably uh, just get into this one right now uh, it feels it feels good it feels good to do this so uh, yeah let's talk a little bit about Black Circle aka Svartsikel um, which is I'm assuming the Swedish name for it uh, the movie once again uh, very little details on this one ladies and gents um, uh, is directed by Adrian Garcia Boliano. Uh, it was also written by Adrian Garcia Boliano. Uh, the big name in this one returning to genre cinema was uh, Christina Lindbergh, who actually in the movie um, has a kind of prominent role in the, the second half, but was in attendance at uh, Fright Fest and gave a really good interview. Really enjoyed that one. But Christina Lindbergh's in here. Felice Yankel, Erica Midjaf, uh, Hannah Midjaf, Hannah Asp, Johan uh, Palm. Hans Sandsqvist, Inger Nielsen, Iwa Bowman, um, Isabella Lablik, and then there's other ones, we're not going to go into that. So the synopsis for this one is, the lives of two sisters changes dramatically since they were hypnotised by a mystical vinyl record from the 1970s. So yeah, I dug the fuck out this movie, um, and I can't wait for you all to hear the alternative perspective on Scott and Liam, because, uh, oh well, I'm not going to give away their grades, they might not have liked it as much as me. Um, if you follow their letterbox, you will have seen what they, they made of it. Yeah, this is totally a Duncan movie. Like, it's the very definition of a Duncan movie. This is kind of like what would happen if you had um, Lords of uh, Lords of Salem and you let it be directed by uh, Panos Cosmatos about the time he was directing Beyond the Black Rainbow. Because that's the parallels are very much in the beyond the black rainbow realm uh, I felt there was elements in here visually of of someone like um, uh, Peter Strickland has that sort of vibe as well very authentically feeling um, in, the, in the kind of cutaway scenes I thought the score was phenomenal um, I thought the, the acting was great I thought the story was brilliant it was like this really cool take on um possession and science and magnetism and spirituality and the supernatural all, all kind of rolled into one movie um i also felt that i, I, I have read some complaints actually with uh, some of the people i was with who said that they felt the movie was overly long it's about an hour and 40 minutes and i felt like it felt an hour and 40 minutes and i could have probably watched a little bit more of it I just enjoyed the journey that you went through. It's split into acts, which I think aided the movie greatly. And yeah, I fucking really, really, really enjoyed it. The The colour schemes used in the movie are definitely from the, the, the kind of Italian world. So it's kind of shades of Argento in here and the way it's lit, not in the storytelling itself. Um, and think things like there's, there's elements of kind of the storytelling or something like Barbarian Sim Studio going on in here as well whilst not being like Barbarian Sim Studio if that helps. It'll make more sense once you've seen it. 
Uh, I can't really say much more about this one. It is getting a release at some point this year. Um, some major kind of distributors have put some money into this one. So you will see it at some point down the line. Um, I think Synapse is handling maybe distribution in the States and Mondo Macabre might be handling it in the UK, maybe? Question mark, don't know. But yeah, really, really dug it. Black Circle was a strong one for me. It also got four out of five. I would say I preferred the Dead Center overall to it, but it shares a grade. Really, really liked this one. Can't wait to own it and have a kind of second dive at it and see uh, see what I make on it on the second time round. But yeah, if you're fans of things like Beyond the Black Rainbow, uh, then you will enjoy uh, Black Circle. So yeah, we're moving into your final movie of the Friday, uh, and that was a little movie called Dead Ant. Now, uh, before we play the trailer, I got advised in the movie that they were changing it to um, Giant Killer Ant, I think is what they're maybe changing, I can't remember now. All I remember is the name sounded fucking stupid, and they should keep it as Dead Ant, and I don't know why they haven't, um, but it feels like a colossal mistake on the people handling um, the distribution for this one. Dead Ant is a great name and it gets referenced in the movie as well. But yeah, you're gonna hear the trailer for this one. It's a horror comedy. We're gonna discuss that movie right after this. Yeah, whatever. We need to be current. What we need is a hard rockin' hit, man. Look at all these new bands now. They don't have pyrotechnics. They don't have sparks flying on the stage. It's all tame! We need to go to Coachella and rock. Yes. Yes! And I agree 100%. By the way, it's called No Cello. No, I, I, I couldn't get us into Coachella. We're gonna write a fucking killer song. You got it? I think this is the stuff that inspired Kurt Cobain. This is the most powerful peyote you and your friend will ever take. Feeling anything? I'm good. We're on a spiritual quest here. We are this close to getting another shot. You gotta focus if it kills you. There are risks. You as much as hurt one fly and you cursed until the next sundown.
just heard the trailer for the final movie from the Friday, which was Dead Ant. Like I say, it's been renamed Giant Ant or Giant Killer Ant or something, a name that I'm not overly keen of. But yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a second. So uh, yeah, the movie is directed by Ron Carlson, story by Hank Braxton and Ron Carlson. There are other credits in there, but we're not going to read them at the moment. The movie stars pretty fucking stellar cast in this one uh, certainly out of all of them there's more recognisable names here than any other movie Tom Arnold, Sean Astin Martin Balsic uh, Natasha Balsic, Jake Boosie Michelle Campbell uh, Angelica Cassidy uh, Yur Chin, uh, Lionel Claude some other folks in here uh, synopsis for this one is when the 1989 one hit wonder glam metal band Sonic Grave embark on a trip to Coachella in hopes of a comeback, their peyote trip pit stop in Joshua Tree incites an unworldly vicious attack and they must rock themselves out of harm's way. Uh, yeah, this movie was fun. Really, really fun. This is, I mean, put people into perspective, this movie kicked off about, what was it, half 11 at night, I think? Um, so you want a fun movie by this point and it ticked the boxes. The CGI is terrible. Um, if you watch the trailer, the CGI is in this movie are absolutely fucking terrible but the movie itself is a ton of fun that kind of pokes fun uh, at kind of 80s hair metal in a way that someone like This Is Spinal Tap or even like Steel Panther poke fun at it Jake Boosie is hilarious in this movie Tom Arnold and Jake Boosie damn near steal the full movie for me their performances were great and it's, I mean, this is a movie where you, it's not reinventing the wheel. You get through it and it's its fun. It delivers a lot of fun. Um, and I, I really don't have anything else to say. I mean, I can't talk about, like, the great practical effects. There's some cool practical effects in here, but that's not what the movie's really aiming for. Uh, the CGI is terrible and I should market them for that, but that's not where the movie's heart is. The movie's heart's in the ludicrous nature of the kind of 80s metal that it's trying to play and how it all fits in and once again this is another one that you will clearly know exactly where it is heading exactly where it was heading um, before you know before you get to the end of the movie but in a way where whilst level 16 I kind of felt frustrated by that one I just wanted to go on the ride I just wanted to go on the ride I wanted to be in that tour bus with the band uh, Sonic Grave fucking amazing name so cheesy so awesome uh, yeah so I mean that was Dead Ant like I say they're changing the name the grade that I gave for this one was the same as Here Comes to Hell I gave it a 3 it entertained me I liked it uh, I would watch it again and I would recommend so there we go so we're going to take a short break just now um, and then we're going to come back to talk about the second and final day of Fright Fest you're going to hear promos for shows that I love you're going to hear more music and when we return we're going to kick off what was an epic Saturday the final day of Glasgow Fright Fest 2019 all that and more coming right up right after this Want to learn more about horror directors with a lighthearted look at three of their movies meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo discover horror films that are classics and others too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep fright. But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com 
or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror Podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies. So yeah, uh, Saturday, the second and final day of Fright Fest, kicked off early, uh, so fucking early, um, with a movie called Rusalka. 
Um, now, I have probably mispronounced, just like I mispronounced, mispronounced, yeah, mispronounced the name. Uh, I probably mispronounced that name, Rosalka. The good news is they've changed the name. The bad news is they've changed it to a boringly generic title. But um, it will, upon its release in the summer, I believe is when it's coming out, uh, it will be known as The Siren. So uh, what we're going to do just now is we're going to listen to the trailer for that. Maybe when we come back, we're going to be discussing it right after this. And that was the trailer for the Rusalka, aka the Siren. So it will be known as the Siren, ladies and gents. So I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna refer to it as the Siren from now on. Um yeah, there's been a change in the name. Not entirely sure why. Um I think the, the director Perry Blackshear, who was there at the time, uh did a QA and he'd mentioned about it being kind of off putting the name, etc. Uh, being a bit too um ambiguous to what they were doing so they went opted to go for the siren so it's written and directed by Perry Blackshear now you might not know this guy you might know this guy's previous movie was They Look Like People a movie that I thoroughly fucking loved I thought it was a great movie from a couple of years ago um, and this is his follow up apparently shot pretty much back to back with uh, They Look Like People this movie stars a lot of the same cast as well we have uh, McLeod Andrews Margaret Ying Drake and Evan Dumshell. Uh, the synopsis is listed on the IMDb as a man searches the lake for a monster that murdered his husband while the monster falls in love with an unsuspecting visitor. Um, yeah, this movie's fucking awesome. It actually uh, kind of led the charge pretty much from Saturday right up to the, uh, right up to the end of Saturday as my favourite movie. I thought it was great. It is a kind of fantasy horror movie in the realms that something that Guillermo del Toro would do as a fantasy horror movie. Kind of light on content and horror, more heavily leaning towards the kind of fantasy element. It's obviously based on the same uh, folklore story that's influenced things like The Little Mermaid, and uh, what we have is we have uh, Evan D- Dimshell, who is a kind of, I want, I want to say he's like a Jehovah's Witness, so he's one of these born-again Christian people, but he is dumb, can't speak. Uh, he arrives at this cabin, and you have uh, McLeod Andrews, who is this guy who's lived on the shores. His husband has died in mysterious circumstances around the lake, and he's hunting the creature that killed him potentially can I think Moby Dick style um, so yeah that's that's kind of the setup for the story beautifully fucking shot wonderfully I mean the acting is phenomenal in this movie right across the board um, the score is wonderful it's got this kind of almost or- operatic sort of folksy sort of kind of tones that, that work through it's super short it's an hour and 20 this one went in at a zip 
And um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. There's very little in the way of quote-unquote horror in it, but what it does have is a ton of heart and emotion, um, and it handles it really well. All three of these characters are likeable characters for completely different reasons, whilst, whilst at the same time completely expose, exposing their faults and flaws. And um, yeah, I thought I thought it was excellent. I, I like was really actually quite floored by it. I wasn't really expecting it to be as good as it was. I knew uh, Perry Blackshear from his previous movie. Um, like I say, they look people. If you've never seen it, please go and check that movie out. That one is woefully underseen and woefully underrated. Uh, this movie it just showed uh, like the next evolution of this director's work, and as a result, I think he has got phenomenal things. Um, and in the pipeline, he did say that his next movie he's making is a demonic possession story in Brooklyn featuring a brother and sister, and it sounded the tits, so I'm totally in, in for that. Definitely cannot wait to see that. But yeah, um, it was, like I say, come off this one, and it took a few movies before I was prepared to admit that anything was better than it. Uh, this one came out of nowhere, blindsided me, and it was damn near one of the best movies from the entire weekend so it's the Rusalka aka the Siren I believe it's out in summer that's what he said it's getting some sort of distribution in summer uh, so as soon as I know more details about it I will be promoting it heavily on this show it was a fucking good one the movie that came after that was a movie called Automa and I skipped this one um, it was the only movie that I skipped deliberately <laughs> skipped from the entire run uh, a couple of reasons behind that is an early start I was fucking starving um, and to be honest I am not the biggest fan of Hex Studio stuff um, I like the ideas I don't always like the execution and as a result of the massive list of movies that I could skip this was one that I chose would probably be the best one to, to nip out on and that's what I did, so I can't review Automa for you guys, sorry. Uh, I will check it out at some point this year when it gets a better distribution, but I'd, like I say, I just didn't really have much interest in it. And to be honest, I didn't hear all that much stuff great about it either. No one was really raving about it at the end of the the festival themselves. I will say that Scott from Scott and Liam vs Evil, once again, plugging their show. It's almost as if they're paying me. Paying me in sex and handjobs and lube. Um, and maybe not even necessarily in that order but yeah Scott did stick around to see it Liam jumped out with me to go and get a bite to eat so um, if you check out their show uh, this week when it drops you will get to hear what Scott made of that movie and he had like some good words to say about it I don't think it was glowing across the board but he did say there was a couple of elements that were really well done so that was Autumn um, and yeah check out their show to find out what he uh, thought of it because he's basically the only authority on this one the next movie uh, was um, a movie called Finale. It was a Danish horror movie, and you're going to hear the trailer right now. The time has finally come to pull out the spotlight and burn a hole into the darkness. Our evening's three-act performance is ready to begin. Yeah, then holen wir die Schlüssel am Mittwoch. Hi, Aunis. Hi, Belinda. State your name. Let your audience get to know you a little bit. What is your name? 
time. I'll just fell off. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce our star. Tonight is a very violent show. Let's see how we can make this escalate. The most important thing in showbiz is getting your name in the spotlight. So up next was Finale, you've just heard the trailer for it. This one's a slightly longer movie, about an hour and 40. Um, definitely a horror movie this time, so we're, we're kind of moving back into that level. This is directed by Soren Yule Pearson. Um, the, or Peterson. The, um, it was, Fright Fest put out a warning about this one at the start, basically saying that they didn't want a repeat of anything that happened during Lords of Chaos. And this one was the most challenging out of all the movies that they had rolling that year. So as you can imagine everyone strapped ourselves in for what they thought was going to be this really um, really nasty unpleasant watch and I will say that it was unpleasant and it was nasty and it wasn't very good. <laughs> I really, This is my least favourite movie from the entire weekend. Um, I really 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 got pissed off with Finale. I mean I felt right. Let's let's give some details. Then we'll come back to what Duncan felt. So, like I say, uh, directed by Soren Yule Pearson, based on the Steen Landstrup and Carlston Yule Blatt novel. Um, the movie stars Anne Bergfield, Karen Michelson, Damon Younger, uh, Christoph Fabricus, Mads Kuldal, Kim Suderholm, Gustav Scandinius, uh, Lars Knutsen. Um, Jan Lofberg and some other folks are in here. The synopsis for this one is During the night of the biggest sports final of the year, two girls working in a gas station experience strange incidents. Is it just stage pranks or is it something of a more aggressive intent? Um, yeah, this movie is everything I hate about horror movies rolled into one neat package. It's like they tailored it to my hate. Um, it's so desperately, so desperately trying to be a kind of new wave of French extremity sort of movie with nods towards something along the lines of the, the kind of violent intent of martyrs or even to an extent that some of the premise set in a gas station and the use of the cameras and stuff owes very much to something like Switchblade Romance aka High Tension. Um, but it didn't... Here's a weird thing. I don't think the movie necessarily goes far in its content and its torture porn, which this movie is. And I know, Boz, I know you're listening to this and you're probably going, Duncan, I don't like that word. This is what this movie is and this is what I mean when I say torture porn. Purely put on the screen for titillations purposes and not developed or using anything at all to move the story along. Um, it's full of cliches. It's a story you've seen about a million times before. Um, and there is a 
some prolonged scenes of male on female violence which includes male a male character beating on a woman and I know we're treading into slight spoiler territory here so I won't go any further than that that I felt was repugnant and kind of disgusting and pretty deplorable if I'm honest um, I, I might come across as a hypocrite being a fan of things like Argento and, and how women fear in that one but I will say the way it is glorified on this screen um, and shot on this screen for no purpose at all not accentuating the, the story or pushing along the narrative just flung in here to be uh, well let's see what the audience can take it's like funny games but without the brains um, I, yeah I just found this movie wholly deplorable and not in the way where I'm like it's so deplorable I can't watch it just in terms of you thought you could pass this off and horror fans are just going to fall all over it the worst thing about this if I'm honest is the fact that the director in the Q&A afterwards said he didn't want to put half the gore in this movie but he wouldn't get financing if he didn't. So his heart's not in the project to the extent that they put on here. Um, they can use the excuses all they want that Denmark doesn't have much of a horror scene so they have to make movies like this. This is bullshit. Denmark, like Denmark was right behind Germany in terms of pioneers of what we saw on screen if you look at um, Carol um, Theodore Dreher you look at his stuff like Vampire right at the start there you could argue that Vampire is kind of like a rip off Nosferatu or even like playing towards like what Universal would do and whatnot. but they came from that background where they had some really interesting I mean fucking Nicholas Winden Refn is Danish so they have an interesting scene but this guy is not part of that in my opinion. I'd really, really disliked this movie. When it came to grading it, it got the lowest grade of the entire weekend. Uh, and yeah, interestingly enough, I gave it a 2 at the time. On hindsight, I'm dropping it to a 1.5. Um, yeah, did not like it at all. Did not like it. Uh, we then got a, like a, a little bit of a break. And uh, we got a short movie called Playtime's Over, which was one of the most fun things I've ever watched in short cinema. If you get a chance to check out Playtime's Over, find it, it'll be somewhere. It is absolutely fucking hilarious and tailored purely to horror fans in a way that you'll have a pure joy watching it. A good old time watching this one. We then jump into our back three movies, and the back three were fucking hit after hit after hit. They really finished strong this year. Um, the first one we're going to talk about, which is definitely not a horror movie, but is more like an action horror movie, uh, is The Witch Part 1, The Subversion. You're going to hear the trailer for that movie right now. Memories are coming back. I don't know how to write on the 
기분 어때? 죽이지. Just had the trailer for The Witch Part One: The Subversion. Um, so this is written and directed by Hoon Yoon Park, whose name may ring a bell. Um, he's the guy behind I Saw the Devil. Um, so he's both wrote and directed this. This is Part One, in which I believe probably will be a pretty amazing series. Um, the movie stars a lot of names that I'm going to butcher, so I apologise. Uh, Soon Chil Beck, Kim Byun Ok. Wusik Choi, Da Yun, Kim Na Hana, Min Su Jo, Woo Yim Yun, Da Mai Kim, Tai Won Kyun, and some other folks. Dear God Almighty, my mouth almost had a stroke. Uh, the synopsis for this one is a high school student with amnesia tries to uncover what has happened to her, all leading into deeper troubles, ultimately revealing a darkness she could not have imagined. So yeah, this is a this is an action movie. This ain't a horror movie at all. It, it kind of hints that she may quote-unquote be a witch, but um, we'll not go too far into that. Um, this is like everything I love about Korean cinema in a movie. It's quirky, fun, uh, humorous, violent when it needs to be, and whilst it was probably the longest movie of the whole thing, it was about 2 hours and 10 minutes long, this one was maybe the shortest viewing experience, and that it moved at a zip man, it really really did, towards the end it got a bit matrixy, but not in a way that felt offensive, this clearly put a lot of money into the special effects, and the CGI looked pretty great for the most part, and those bits that started look ropey, they didn't lean into it too much, Um yeah, the acting was on point, the choreography for the fight scenes on point, the story was great, the characters um, were a bit comic booky at times, but in a way that I loved. And yeah, I can't really, this one's a short review for a longer movie, I would say check it out when it lands. Um, Korean cinema is really just, everything they're doing is brilliant. I've yet to see one in the last two, three years, which I haven't thought at a minimum they've done something really fucking interesting. For the most part, they're just across the board great storytellers and they know how to mix up themes and tone and content and, and just deliver it. And I mean, this felt like a ton of money had been, sp been spent on it, probably more than any other movie we'll talk about. This felt like the money, you know, here comes the money right now. Um, so yeah, and when it finished, I was like that, yeah, I would happily watch another three of these movies. Um, so I don't know how many of them got planned in the series, no one was there doing Q's and A's, but I will say I loved it dearly. Um, it got the kind of second highest score overall um, in my viewing, it got a 4.5 out of 5, and that's The Witch Part 1, The Subversion. So yeah, please check that one out. So we then went from that one into a movie I was really looking forward to checking out only because Bruce Dern was in it and I love Bruce Dern and Bruce Dern hadn't done anything genre wise in several decades so the fact his name was attached it got me excited. Uh, the movie was called Freaks and you're going to hear the trailer right now. And you've just heard the trailer for Freaks. Um, this one had, I think this was like one of the really early, early debuts in terms like it's not played far at all out with 
um, especially in Europe anyway, I think this was a, the European debut. It's got two directors, Zach Lefotsky and Adam B. Stein, who both wrote the movie as well. The cast is fucking awesome in this one. You've got Emile Hirsch, Bruce Dern, Lexi Collicker, Amanda Crew, and Grace Park. There's some other folk in here, but let's focus on what we got so far. Synopsis for this one is... In this genre-bending psychological sci-fi thriller, a bold girl discovers a bizarre, threatening and mysterious new world beyond her front door after she escapes her father's protective and paranoid control. I mean, I totally love this movie. This one is certainly not horror, although it kind of leans into the darker aspects at the beginning. This is more a sci-fi movie. Think Heroes. Um, the TV show, but the good heroes, like the first season, and that's kind of what we exist in. Um, the casting is, like, truly incredible when watching this movie. Uh, Emile Hirsch is great. Um, Bruce Dern is amazing in it, uh, but what almost stole the show for me is the little girl, Lexi Colliger, uh, or Colker, Colker? I think that's how you pronounce it. She is phenomenal in this movie. Um... It's a really good story, it's kind of setting a what-if what sort of future, um, but once again in a way that I really enjoyed, and a, a, I mean just everything about it, even some of the CGI, which there is a little bit in here and I know some people get sniffy about, for the most part I really enjoyed, and some of it is done very well, sometimes not so much, but I was watching this movie going, this is the sort of movie I would generally pay to see at cinema, so I, you know, I was quite glad that it got the re release it did. Um, it's apparently done quite well in the distribution as well, so it's getting various different release models throughout the world, so just strap yourself in, because I don't know what we're going to get where it's going to go. don't know if we'll get it in cinemas in the UK or if it's going to go straight to streaming or straight to uh, Blu-ray or DVD, but there's, there's tons of people involved with it. But it was a really interesting, twisty, turny sort of mystery that started off in one direction, finishes somewhere completely different with great casting um, and just a really good story. And it finished and I, I was like, this is my movie. This is my movie of the, the entire event. Um, I scored this one really high. It was a five. I mean, I finished and I was just, it was a, like a pure joy to watch this movie. Um, and uh, yeah, and knocked and knocked a couple of the other ones off the top spots. And whilst you think I should feel guilty about that one, I really didn't. Uh, I I just I just smiled all the way through it and and felt for the little girl. And obviously, it helps when you've got a small child yourself, and then you put yourself into that kid's perspective. And I really didn't know how things were going until about the halfway mark, when the story starts to unfold a bit more. And then I just got even more invested with it. So yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed. Freaks, it got five, it was my movie of the weekend. Obviously the caveat being that I've still not seen Lords of Chaos, so I reserve the right to come back and say Lords of Chaos is my movie. Um, but yeah, fucking loved it, uh, great movie. Check out when you can, and like I say, with all these ones that I really liked, I will be promoting it heavily when I know more information about it. So keep your eyes peeled for Freaks. Um, which brings us to our last movie, the very final closing movie which showed very late was a movie called The Horde, spelled H-O-A-R-D, as in someone who is a hoarder and not the horde as in a horde of things. Um, yeah, you're going to hear the trailer for this movie, I can't wait to talk about this one, this one was fun as balls, so you're going to hear the trailer right now. 10% of all hoarding cases involve extremely haunted properties. Rockford, Ohio, March 19th. A group of reality show experts set out to reform a hoarder with several condemned homes. 
Merv Evans has been collecting antique furniture and cluttering properties for the last 50 years. He's a stage five hoarder. It's gonna be a bigger job than I thought. Crunch time. We have 48 hours to bring this place up to code. One, two, three, let's get to that! We got a lot of problems here. We got mold, mildew, exposed wires. Dead cat. Dead cat. What an invasion of privacy, because they haven't any a clue what they're looking at or what they're doing. This place is a lie. Are you kidding me? We found something. The question is, has Murph Evans ever killed anyone in this house? I think the show is completely fucked. And I think it's really time to call the police. This is how the ultimate reality show turned into a deadly nightmare. There's another hoarder. There's two. I'll just put this fucker right here. And you just heard the trailer for the final movie. The final movie of Fright Fest, which was the Horde horror comedy. Um, <laughs> fucking love this movie uh, this one was directed by Jesse Thomas Cook and Matt Wheel um, the movie stars I'm laughing because I'm remembering scenes from it uh, Lisa Solberg, Tony Burgess Barry Moore um, Rye Barrett Elmer Bigovic Marcus Ludlow Justin Darmanin Charles Ivey and Jesse Thomas Cook. Uh, synopsis for this one is The Horde is a comedy horror mockumentary that chronicles the unravelling of a production team who are attempting to produce the ultimate reality TV show pilot, Extremely Haunted Hoarders. Um, this is from like the the creators behind things like Pontypool and Septic Man. And um, this was fucking great. This was like exactly what you want to close at your festival. I mean, it is not, uh, I mean, the movie will not score ridiculous high but I have not laughed as much at this movie that I have in a long 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 time I mean I would put this right up among some of the funniest horror comedies that I've ever fucking seen in my entire life and it was just like relentless funny you know what I mean like every time I thought oh, I'm getting a breath it came back again and all of us the whole row of us that were there watching it were just in stitches creasing ourselves all the way through it um, it's kind of like this idea of what would happen if you got uh, three different sorts of reality TV shows. The kind of the the one where someone goes in and helps someone with a hoarding problem. The people that go in and renovate houses, and those ones that do the most haunted uh, shows, and put all three of them together as a team and try and work together. And it just became ludicrous and fun and weird and gross and wacky and. Yeah, I, I mean, it got a bit ludicrous towards the end and maybe pushed about a, a little bit too much to the point that maybe wasn't as laughing as much as I had been earlier on. But it was it was brilliant. So, so much fun. So entertaining. The Horde, H-O-A-R-D. I'm kind of hoping like a Shudder picks this up. Shudder needs to pick up a movie like this because this is like an instant easy win for them. Um, and it would give them maximum sort of fan base clientele of people that would just appreciate it I, I genuinely thought it was it was fucking hilarious and when it came to grading this one it got a 3.5 out of 5 yeah it was a great way to finish off the event so there we go so uh, just at this stage I just want to thank uh, Liam Rafferty who not only not only got me a ticket uh, which Liam by the way it's just occurred to me I've still to pay you for send me your fucking bank details buddy Um but he also put a roof over my head, you know, so I got to stay at his house on the Friday, which saved me a lot of 
um, arsache and at the same well saved me some and gave me some if you know what I mean wink wink nudge nudge uh, but also allowed me to have a couple of beers with my, my chums uh, but also him and his lovely girlfriend and Scott from Scott and Liam's Big Scott McKenzie and his lovely wife and Liam's brother and their friend Perry were, they were just like it was so much fun to sit as part of a group this year. Last year I sat myself, so it was just fun to be included in their little group and just have a ball watching horror movies and chatting about shit and uh, promising ourselves that we we're going to live stream loads, which we didn't do, and promise ourselves we we're going to talk about the movies, recording like mini episodes sort of things in between the movies, which we didn't do, and instead just had a fucking ball drinking beer and having laughs. Um, yeah, they made it a great weekend, thanks to Fright Fest. It was great bumping it Graham Humphrey, the artist who designed our year two poster, uh, the Void poster. Fucking bloody nice. Oh, such a nice bloke. And um, I've known him for like five years online now. And to meet him face to face was just a pure joy. I bumped into Gillen Roscoe from Gillen Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. Had a great weekend. I bumped into Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain from Strong Language and Violent Scenes Podcast as well. So it was great seeing them. We missed the boss who wasn't there from Little Poddy Horrors, but hopefully we'll catch up with Boz next year when he comes back up. And yeah. Just a fucking great all-round time. Highly recommend it. If you're in Scotland and have the chance to meet Fright Fest, do it. It is a great weekend and the crowd are the tits. Um, so there we go. There we go. Right, I'm going to take my final break. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been bonus episode 145 this is our post fright fest for glasgow 2019 coverage uh, and the movies that i watched what i liked what i didn't like and um yeah anything that i have kind of said that i liked i will be heavily promoting once i have further details and that may be future reviews or it may be just giving you details of where you can find these movies as and when they drop. But yeah, there were some true crackers this time. There was no massive standout movie for me like there was last year with Tigers Are Not Afraid, which really did bowl me over. And I know that movie still isn't widely available yet. But this year there was a, a high level of consistency, particularly on the second day, where the afternoon just gave us back-to-back greatness. A couple of movies which didn't really land with me. Level 16 wasn't a movie that really interested me much and I really have issues with Finale. But overall, great experience. And yeah, hopefully if you do come to a future one, I get to see you and we get to hang out and have beers. Beers. Um, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. As always, if you come across, check us out on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the feed, and leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support us on that platform. You can also check us out at Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, and the TuneIn app, as well as Spotify. Come to our website, tputzcast.com, and you can buy merch from our merch page. That money coming back and supporting what we do under the stairs, posters and enamel pins for your for your perusal and your purchase at tputzcast.bigcartel.com. If you want to interact with us over on Facebook, there's two places you can do it. If you want to become part of the group page, chat with other listeners and become part of the most bitching, rad, fucking horror podcast community page on the internet then it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast if all you're interested in is when the shows drop occasionally checking out a live stream or a Thursday Thursday you can do that by going to our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash cast and you can interact with myself and the Baz and the twin prongs of social media sexiness Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at 
Teapot cast. The podcast Under the Stairs will return on Wednesday with a bonus review of Hole in the Ground. But until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and what you're up to in this big, bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off. This is a, a thing that I've flung in at the end here. Um, this episode was pretty much ready to go and I was ready to drop it today. And then we got the news that Keith Flint passed away today um, so I've kind of changed the ending and changed the end song because uh, I originally had a little bit of new metal cheesy and all uh, to kick us in and give us a bit of that but um, yeah I, I mean this one kind of floored me today I, I don't often get to talk about music but I want to just hear the Prodigy were a hugely important band for me in the 90s um, a lot of people out there know that I come from a kind of 80s pop uh, kind of background that's what I grew up listening to my house was very eclectic my mum listened to a lot of music so I grew up listening to everything from 60s pop Motown um, funk I, I grew up listening to new romantics pop music uh, and ultimately found my love for synthesizers in the very late 80s very early 90s um, I found a love of keyboards which developed and a love of synthesizers and um, The Prodigy were a really important band to me because I listened to dance music in the very early 90s and um, I could feel my taste getting a bit edgier and whilst I was never really into rave culture full on I did have a lot of friends that were into rave music and The Prodigy kind of gave me this really commercial, edgy, dark sounding music which became the precursor for me really getting into metal um, they bridged the gap and got me into more aggressive sims and and it wasn't too long before my friends that were into grunge and metal and thrash and stuff started giving me some of that music and got me into that as well and they were a band that I always followed, a band that I saw twice um, and, and deeply loved every time I saw them and even up to their release last year I still thought they were edgy, harsh catchy and just fucking innovative and a lot of that was to do with uh, Keith Flint himself who was a phenomenal frontman presence uh, not taking anything away from uh, like Maximum and stuff but Keith Flint was was the poster boy for Anarchy he was like a modern punk rebel um, fronting this fucking edgy dance trip, uh, just, just an incredible Frontman, hugely important to my development and, and what I like in music and without the Prodigy I wouldn't be listening to half the shit I did uh, and wouldn't be, I mean some of their music videos were dark, I mean Breathe was as close to a horror movie as you would get um, at that time edgy and dark music videos so yeah, hugely, hugely important band and yeah because I mentioned Breathe there, that's the song we're going out with, rest in peace Keith Flint wherever you are, I hope it's a fucking party 24 uh, 7 you earned it buddy and um, yeah I'll be back on Wednesday when I do a little review of Hole in the Ground wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours out there please take care of yourselves, this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off Duncan McLeish Podcast